With the sudden and unexpected death of her husband of 24 years, Karen Regent realized, for the first time in her life, that she was completely alone. One minute she was sailing along, humming with the radio in her car on the way home from work, wondering what to cook for dinner, and the next she was marooned on the desert island of her grief, surrounded by an ocean of despair. She'd known something was terribly wrong when she'd turned onto her street and seen the red lights of the ambulance flashing in her driveway. Apparently, her husband had suffered a heart attack while turning a wooden chair leg on the lathe in the garage they'd years ago converted to a shop. Though he'd managed to dial 911, the paramedics arrived too late to save him. Through her tears, she kept thinking how she had meant to call him during her lunch break earlier in the day just to say hello but hadn't gotten around to it. Now, a neighbor sat holding her hand while she sobbed on the couch in the living room as the paramedics wheeled his body out on a stretcher. Throughout the funeral and afterward, Karen had succumbed to a pervasive numbness, a sense of spiritual abstraction, as if she too had died. While she knew rationally that she still existed physically, her spirit seemed to have flown from her body, leaving her an empty husk a shadow incapable of any real human emotion. Dressed in black, her dark and graying hair pulled severely back and clipped tightly at the nape of her neck. She'd smiled distractedly as she collected hugs and condolences from family and friends, while inside she throbbed with a dull ache. For a while she found it almost impossible to speak and looked longingly at others to respond on her behalf or else simply whispered, I'm sorry, in a voice so soft as to be almost inaudible. For days she walked around mute, her eyes blinking and squinting, her hand covering her half-open mouth. Though her father had died when she was a teenager, and she'd only recently suffered through her mother's long illness and eventual passing, the grief she felt on those occasions had been mixed with other emotions—anger, disbelief, denial— and tempered by the constant need to continue functioning, if only because she knew others, most recently her husband and her daughter, depended on her. As difficult as it had been, then, the process at least seemed real to her. This time it was different. Her life now seemed to her like a bad dream from which she couldn't seem to awaken, a dream in which she found herself hopelessly lost at sea, in the small, leaky vessel of her body, drifting toward a black and stormy horizon. With the passage of time, her grief and fear of the future seemed to spread over her and solidify, sealing her off from the world around her, so that even the air she breathed seemed blighted and the light of day stained and tainted. Whenever her name came up in conversation, people were apt to say something like, "'Poor Karen,' She's taking it awfully hard, you know.